90 seconds is all get the shine, so here I come now, so you know that it's my time getting started, cause it's my time to party, like the track skirt, not like a fraud, and you know I'm not my prime, so you know I gotta rhyme like I'm Nick with the slime, but I'm gonna make a big time in a rush, and I take it slow, 3, 2, 1, it's time to go. Hello and welcome to week two of Scrub Nation podcast, I am Ryan Sharp, one of your hosts, and with me always is Todd Lancaster, the other host, Todd, how you doing today? Oh, it's been a great day, uh, feeling good. Uh, feeling kind of refreshed after another exciting week of uh, just sports in general. Uh, so yeah, feeling good. Good, good. How you uh, how you liking NFL season so far? Uh, the season itself has been great. Uh, the fantasy season to go along with it has been <laughs> horrible, um, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Definitely understand that. Uh, and a couple of my leagues, I'm doing really good, and a couple of my really bad. So uh, at least I have some positives in with the negatives every week, which is good. Oh yeah, definitely. But why don't we jump right into it? Week three takeaways. We saw the Falcons get their first win. The Panthers got their first win. The Jaguars took down the Chargers. The Colts bucked the Chiefs off. The Dolphins took down the Bills. The Raiders are winless, and so are the Texans. And the only two undefeated teams left are the Dolphins and the Eagles. What did you see this week? Uh, man, there was, there was plenty. Um, a lot of good, a whole lot of good for a lot of teams, uh, and a whole lot of bad. Uh, like I kind of mentioned there at the end, those two winless teams, uh, and then the, the two undefeated teams. Um, one of the big things that stood out for me uh, and the entire week actually happened on uh, Thursday with uh, the Browns and the Steelers. Um, and, and when you look at the – and it has a lot to do with the Browns. Uh, when you look at the Browns team, uh, the first couple of names are going to jump off the chart for you. are going to be like Chubb uh, and Amari Cooper uh, and, and obviously guys like Kareem Hunt um, and, and, and the stars on the defense. Uh, but the biggest takeaway for me has been Jacoby Brissett and how he has filled in for Deshaun Watson. Absolutely. Um, like we saw Chubb, again, superstar. He had a great game, 23 carries, 113 yards and a touchdown. Um, Amari Cooper, again, a star, had a great game, seven catches, 101 yards and a touchdown. Um, but Jacoby Brissett, like I said, he looked great in a, in a very tough uh, division win. Um, over the Steelers, um, he completed 68% of his passes uh, for 220 yards, two touchdowns. The yardage isn't like super, super flashy and stuff. Um, but that was against a really tough defense. And like I said, a very tough division opponent. Um, while the Steelers don't look great, which there needs to be some concern um, for them and the way their season's trending uh, and the way that Mitchell Trubisky's kind of trending. Um, but Still, every time they match up against a division opponent, the Steelers are ready to play, uh, it seems like. And uh, Jacoby Brissett and the Browns just kind of went out there and handled business. Um, and I know for the Browns themselves, it's been comforting uh, in a way since uh, they unfortunately decided to uh, trade for Deshaun Watson. Not a real big fan of that whole situation there. Uh, and he's got that uh, 11-game suspension. Uh, but the team's not going to have to worry about what the team looks like uh, record-wise and stuff when uh, Watson does come back. Because Brissett, I, I would say, is doing really good um, 
know, minus the kind of late game meltdown against the Jets. But yeah, the Browns aren't the Browns aren't looking bad. No, no, they're not. And uh, you know, you mentioned the two hundred twenty yards not being too flashy, but it's hard to throw for more than two hundred twenty yards when you have Nick Chubb who ran for one hundred thirteen and Kareem Hunt who ran for forty seven. I mean, that's yeah. one hundred sixty yards of rushing offense right there. I mean, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you you can't really throw for much more when you got running backs that are doing that. And uh, you're grateful to have those running backs, though, for sure. You don't want that to go away. So I think you don't complain about those that yardage. Um, but, yeah, man, Jacoby is playing amazing right now. Um, I actually had this thought while watching the game of what happens if Jacoby continues to play this well throughout the season. When Watson comes back, do they put Watson in there? I mean, does that mess up the offensive scheme? Does that mess mess up the flow that they have, the chemistry that they have built in those 11 games with Jacoby Brissett? I mean, you're paying Deshaun Watson $252 million guaranteed, so he's going to get the money to not yeah. use him. You know, it's one of those one of those situations. Oh, yeah, and it's, it's something that Cleveland's going to have to look at. Um, thankfully for them, um, and that's going to bring a lot – what I'm fixing to say is going to bring out a lot of controversy for a lot of people. They're only paying Deshaun Watson a million dollars this year. True. So if they decide to just go ahead and let the team flow like it is and play Brissett for the rest of the year, they're only out a million dollars. And they can tell Watson whatever, like, hey, we'll we'll just step into next year. Um, And and this is also hinging on the fact that he does come back after 11 games. Part of his whole suspension thing was it has to be approved by his – therapist or whatever that he's meeting with um, that was agreed upon between his team and the NFL PA and the NFL itself um, that they uh, they agreed on a therapist or whoever he's meeting with and that person has to sign off on him going back uh, and so him um, getting back on the field hinges on that and honestly if I'm Cleveland if, if you're still rolling with Brissett which I it looks like it's going to happen. Um, just let it happen. Keep Brissett in. Let him let him play. Keep the keep the offense stable. Uh, Watson was kind of a late add when it came to the trade, um, so he might not necessarily just gel with the offense, um, the rest of the offense like he should. Yeah. And so just kind of just kind of let it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, the Browns definitely do look good. Um, so I think we're going to have to keep an eye on them. I think they could be a. Uh, good sleeper team as the year progresses should they keep playing like this and I just don't see them slowing down but on the flip side let's talk about the Raiders being 0-3 where does the blame fall you know I look back at week two where they had a 16 point lead on the Cardinals going into the fourth quarter and they blew it they lost the game then they played a Titans team who got shut down by the Bills who shut down Derrick Henry this week, Carr was 26 of 44 for 303 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. But this is the thing that sticks out to me. The Raiders ranked 26th in the league in red zone scoring. That's for touchdowns only, so we're not, we're not counting field goals. 26th in the league. I'm concerned about the Raiders. Um, a lot of the problem is I, uh, is I think they're still trying to – find themselves after the whole Gruden debacle, uh, bringing him in to coach, and then they just falling apart. Uh, 
with those emails and stuff, um, which is an issue of its own because of the lawsuit and everything. Um, but they did, they went out and got Devontae Adams. Yep. Um, they've still got Josh Jacobs, who is not performing like he had at the beginning of his career. And so some of it falls on him. Uh, like I said, they went out and got Devontae Adams. They have one of the best tight ends in the league in Darren Waller. Uh, Hunter Renfro didn't play this week, but he's a great number two receiver to have. Um, and I, this is my thing. And you can call me a hater or whatever you want, but you got the 300 and whatever, what would you say, 300 and how many yards? 303. Like, yeah, 303 yards. You would think that would be you know, good, whatever. I think the issue is Derek Carr. He's not a winner. Derek Carr is not a winner. They're 0-3 this year. His That brings his career win-loss record to 57-73. and 73. Okay. Yeah, so he's not a winner. Um, and when your quarterback's not a winner, your team's not going to be a winner. Um, so, I, I – he only got the ball to Adams and Waller eight times for a total of, like, 58 yards. If you know Josh Jacobs isn't performing and Renfro's out, those are the two guys you got to get the ball to and make it – and let them make it happen. And it just didn't work out that way. And so – Yeah. Yeah, so this week, Devontae Adams saw 10 targets, five receptions for 36 yards and a touchdown. Waller saw the ball, five targets, three receptions for 22 yards. Matt Collins – saw the ball 10 times for eight receptions, 158 yards and one touchdown. So they have players that are performing. He's getting them the ball. They're just not scoring. And I don't know if that's, I don't know if that falls on coaching play calling in the red zone. I mean, what, what does that fall on? And, and I hate, I hate that you say that Derek Carr is not a winner and those stats prove it because he plays like a winning quarterback, but I have to agree with you. And I like Derek Carr and I, and I, so I hate to say it, but, He's not winning games, and is is it his fault? I I don't know. Uh, I mean, look, a quarterback can go out there and throw for five hundred yards every week, set all the records that he wants. But if his team is not scoring and they're not winning ball games, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And so, I think at some point, and in like I said, the record is fifty-seven and seventy-three. This isn't like a one or two or three season thing where he's just going through a slump and they're not winning games and, and everything. This is a, it's been his whole career. They've made the playoffs one time, you know? Yeah. And so I think, I think it falls on Carr, and it's not like they have a good backup. So they're going to have to ride with him the whole year. And I think this off season, the Raiders really need to consider maybe upgrading at the position and, the benefit for them is if they keep up with this trend that they're at, I'm not saying they're going to go 0-17. Uh, but if they don't win a lot of games, there's some really, really good young quarterbacks at the at the college level that are going to be coming up. Um, and so they're going to have their options. They just got to, I guess, trust the process and ride the wave to get there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, uh, somebody else – and uh, I'm actually going to go with the person here, is uh, Trevor Lawrence. Through three weeks, has looked great. Week one, he had 275 yards, one touchdown, and one reception. So that's eh. 
But then week two, he had 235 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And week three, he had 262 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And so next week, he plays the Eagles, which is going to be his biggest test to continue this great play. Um, ask me about Trevor Lawrence next week after the Eagles. That's all I can say. Um, watched him a lot last year. Um, was not impressed. I've never been a big Trevor Lawrence fan. He's not super impressive to me. Uh, I think he falls into the same category, and this is going to get a lot of hate, too, as the Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold type guys. He's pretty boy quarterbacks that just carry themselves. And in college, they don't throw a lot of interceptions. They got a lot of weapons around them, so they score a lot. And it makes them look good. And I'm not a Trevor Lawrence fan. Um, I, but I will give him his credit. He has looked good so far. Now, ask me if it's going to happen for the rest of the year, if I trust it happening the rest of the year next week after after uh, this Eagles test because the Eagles defense is is really good, and I think it's going to really set apart uh, what kind of player, what kind of quarterback Trevor Lawrence is. Yeah. 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 And more one more team that I think we have to talk about um, is – your one and only Broncos. I'm nowhere. No, not at all. Um, not at this point right now. Uh, we're two and one. Two wins is great. Uh, we're sitting atop of the division technically. Um, and so uh, that feels good after the recent run of dominance from the Chiefs. Uh, and knowing that we still have the Chargers, who it's crazy that they're one and two right now, um, but we still have the Chargers. Uh, and like we just talked about, this extremely underperforming Raiders team that can be really good. Um, so it feels good to be technically atop of the division at two and one. Um, but I'm worried about our $245 million quarterback. Um, Russell Wilson just hasn't taken over. Uh, he hasn't stepped up, and he doesn't look like Seattle Russell Wilson. Um, and so, I, I I don't know. I just had this feeling that we might have gotten scammed. Um, I'll, another, you know, I'll give him another week, too, before I really start just crushing him and stuff. Um, but he's a, he's a veteran. He's been in the league for quite a while, like 10 years or something like that. And uh, he should be able to step up um, with a rookie head coach and take the lead like he did in the fourth quarter. Russ took over the fourth quarter, and the offense actually clicked. It looked better. Um, I still I, – I don't know what the – I don't know what the solution is. I don't know if it's he doesn't trust himself to do that more often, if he doesn't trust his weapons, which the weapons around him are great. Um, and if that's the problem, then I, I guess we'll, he'll figure it out as the season goes on. Um, if he, if it's whether he doesn't trust himself or the weapons, that'll get better as the season goes on. Um, but he just needs to take over the game. Like I said, it's rookie head coach who's an offensive genius. He did a lot of great things with Aaron Rodgers and in Green Bay. Um, and so I, he might need a little. I mean, we just we just hired. He hired a teacher to teach him and to coach himself through these games. Hackett did, you know. It's so. 
I think he needs some. He needs the help. He needs the experience. And I think Russ needs to step up. If the Broncos are going to be successful, Russ needs to step up and 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 lead. Be the leader, not just the face. You know. Yeah. 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 Well, I uh, I'm not going to be easy on him. Uh, I said I would give him till three weeks, and it's been three weeks. And uh, yes, they're two and one, but they're an ugly two and one. Um, and I'm going to say it, and you're not going to like it, but I'm going to say it. They look worse than the Dallas Cowboys do, and the Dallas Cowboys don't even have their starting quarterback. No, uh, it hurts, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I agree. I agree. Shout out Cooper Rush, by the way. Shout yes. out Cooper Rush. Uh, we'll just throw that in there. But, no, I agree. We, we've we looked like a bottom team in the league. The Broncos look like they're a bottom 10 team in the league. And somehow we're two and one and leading one of the most stacked divisions. And so, and it's because our defense is, is doing what they're supposed to there. We held the 49ers to 10 points. We freaking saved Dan Orlovsky, you know, a lot of shame because we made Jimmy Garoppolo run out the back of the end zone. <laughs> and so I don't, I, I, like I said, I don't completely know what the, what the answer is, what the solution is. Um, but yeah, we that's it. It's just we look bad, and a lot of it hinges on Russ. He's got to step in and take over. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with you there. I think we're just having the uh, the the rookie head coach and then a veteran quarterback. Uh, maybe Hackett just hasn't figured out uh, how he needs to run that offense. Um, but like you said, Russ took over the fourth quarter and was running the offense. And I agree. I think that Russ needs to put all the ingredients in the pot, and he needs to cook not let somebody else give him the recipe. Um, and that's – I think that's just a solution that they have to go with right now. Yes, I agree. So, with that being said, let's move on to our week four predictions. Week three, we made predictions. And <laughs> out of those predictions, I got eight right and Todd got five right. So, so far, I am in the lead. So why don't we go ahead and start with our week four predictions, starting with the Commanders at the Cowboys. Who do you got? This one depends um, entirely on who – I think it depends entirely on who the quarterback for Dallas is going to be. If it's Cooper Rush, uh, like I said, shout out Cooper Rush. Uh, I think the Cowboys win. Um not because he's doing anything crazy special. Uh, he's just been more than serv- serviceable. Uh, he looks really comfortable in the offense right now. Um, if it's Dak uh, coming off the injury, because he's, you know, that he, he might be able to play. Um, whether that actually happens or not, I don't know. I know uh, we talked about this earlier today, and some of the team doctors said that Maybe he doesn't play um, and stuff like that. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, if Dak plays, I'm expecting a lot of rust, a lot of rust. And he played kind of poorly in week one, so I'm not expecting a lot of great things out of him. If he does come back jumping in, uh, and very well the commanders could win. Um, and now I'm not like I'm not trying to ignore Carson Wentz and the receivers on the Washington side of the ball. Uh, I just don't see the offensive line doing very well um, against 
Demarcus Lawrence and, and Micah Parsons and the rest of the Cowboys pass rush, which has looked really good. Um, the Commanders gave up nine sacks against an equally formidable equal Eagles front seven. Um, so I guess if I, I have to pick one, because I have to, I guess, because uh, I'm not really in the business of calling for ties. <laughs> um, I'll say Cowboys win this one. Uh, definitely in a nail biter. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I agree with you on some of those things. I think even if Dak comes back, um, I think he's going to look good. I mean, when Dak came back from his uh, ankle injury, I mean, I know he had an offseason to get ready, but he looked good in the first game back, um, you know, and so I just I, – I put it all on the defense. The offense doesn't look terrible, but the defense, like you said, looks amazing. And I think that they – can pressure Carson Wentz all night long and make him get rid of the ball a lot faster than he wants to, um, which I think will in turn lead to a Cowboys W. So next we have the Dolphins at the Bengals. Who you got? Uh, Thursday night football. Uh, Tua has looked pretty good this year. I take it back. Tua has looked terrific. We can start calling him uh, – Tua Terrific or something. I don't know. Give him some silly nickname. Tua Terrific. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I think he shows out again uh, this week. And the Dolphins are going to be 4-0 for the first time since 1995. I'm calling it right now. Dolphins 4-0. I, uh, I agree with you. So long as Tua is playing, there's he he's not in concussion protocol, which is good. The league is investigating that. Um, team doctors are saying it had something to do with his back. Um, but he came back in and played. Didn't look like the back was bothering him. Um, but I, I still think the Dolphins win. They got a really high-powered offense against the Bengals defense that has not looked great all year. And the rest of the – it's just the Bengals themselves have looked horrible all year. Um, I think T. Higgins is the only one that we can give the stamp of he's played great, you know, all year because he's looked – I mean, even in games where he's not putting up numbers, he's he's been getting great route, uh, uh, great separation and stuff with the routes. Uh, Jamar Chase isn't looking the same, uh, even though he's put up, a, you know, a couple of games with some numbers. Uh, but still, Dolphins, Bengals have looked bad. Yep, yep. Next, we got the Vikings at the Saints. Who you got? Oh, uh, this one's fun. They're playing in London uh, at uh, Hotspur Stadium. Uh, so it'll be an early, early Sunday morning game, uh, like 8 o'clock here or something crazy like that. Uh, so uh, it's, it's kind of a tough pick. Uh, the Vikings have shown some good things. The Saints have shown less good things. Uh, but I think Jameis Winston and the rest of the offense, uh, they get their stuff together, get on track. Uh, the Saints win. Um, and, and this is where I'm – Jameis is going to have a good game. But I'm putting a lot of money on Alvin Kamara having a big game uh, in London because the Vikings are averaging giving up something like 137 and a half, 138 yards per game on the ground. Yeah, uh, and so I expect Kamara to have a big day uh, with the weapons that are on the field to kind of help spread the offense out. Jameis is going to have a solid day. Uh, the receivers are going to have solid days, but Kamara is going to have a big day. Saints are going to win. I uh, I picked the Vikings, so our first disagreement here. Um, the Saints' defense had a tough time stopping 
the Panthers offense. Yes, I said the Panthers offense. The Vikings, I I think just are higher powered. The Vikings are higher powered than the Panthers. So, I mean, if they struggle to stop the Panthers, what makes you think they're not going to struggle to stop the Vikings? Now, granted, yes, two different teams, two different weeks. People can play better, blah, 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 blah. But the Saints are also looking at possibly being without Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry. Those are things to follow all week on whether they will play or not. If one of them plays, I think that improves the Saints' chances uh, significantly. If both of them play, oh, yeah, it's going to be a game. But if they're both out, I mean, that's all on Olave, on a rookie. It's all on Kamara. I mean, it's just, it's going to be a tough time. So I have the Vikings pulling one out. Yeah. Next. Uh, yeah. I, I could see the Vikings doing some things, but it's been back-to-back weeks of, uh, of really them just having a hard time getting Jefferson involved. Uh, and uh, I, I just don't see that happening this week in London. They'll get it figured back out. I just don't see. I just don't see it being this week. Hmm. So next we have the Bears at the Giants. Who you got? I don't have a lot to say here, um, other than I think uh, that the Giants uh, are going to kind of approach this game that they're mad. Uh, yeah, and let the Cowboys sneak in and get that win at the end, and uh, Daniel Jones throwing the interception at the end of the game, and. Uh, I don't have a lot of positive to say about the Bears. Fields um, set the record for the least amount of passing yards through the first three games of a season, um, which is crazy. I don't remember what the number was when I read the article today, uh, but it was, it was something ridiculous, like low, whatever. And uh, I, not a lot of positive for the Bears. Um, so I, I think the Giants are going to settle in and they're going to be they're going to win. They're going to be three and one or something like that. So I, uh, I actually have the bears. Um, the giants um, didn't look like they could stop the Cowboys run offense. Um, Khalil Herbert is looking to step into that uh, starting role for the bears this week after he took over for uh, Montgomery last week because of the injury. Um, and he exploded for like 157 yards and two touchdowns last week. Um and I expect him to have another big run game this week, um, leading the Bears to victory. Next, we have the Bills at the Ravens. Who you got? Um, this one, I was kind of back and forth on, um, on which way to go. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, both defenses are pretty good. Um, I think... Uh, the decision here uh, is because it's being played in Baltimore um, with another possible playoff preview uh, because I can't say that the Bills are going to run away with it completely uh, like I thought they would after the Dolphins showed up last week. Uh, I, I think the Ravens can repeat and do some of the same things. Uh, and, and, and like I said, I have a lot of faith. I have a good bit of faith in Josh Allen and the Bills. It's another possible playoff preview there. They're just a good team, uh, but I like Lamar Jackson and company um, at home. I'm taking the Ravens win. So, I actually have the Bills. I have them looking to bounce back from the loss from the Dolphins. But you make a good point about Lamar. So, listen to this. 
I still pick the Bills, even though I know this. If he took away all of Lamar Jackson's rushing numbers, he would still be QB5 in fantasy scoring. If you take away all of Lamar Jackson's passing numbers, he would be the running back 11 in fantasy scoring. So this man is literally a QB1 and an RB1 this year built into one player. And the Ravens don't want to pay this man. Are you kidding me? That And it's ridiculous. That is crazy. Lamar, you know, he won an MVP. He's got them excited about football in Baltimore again. Yeah, the fact that they don't want to pay them is pay him is crazy. But I have the Bills this week. I guess we'll see what happens. Next, we have the Browns at the Falcons. Who you got? Uh, like I already mentioned earlier, uh, Jacoby Bissett has looked really, really good um, when he was playing the Steelers. And, and really, through three weeks of the season, he's been solid. Um, I think the combination of him, Chubb, Hunt, Amari Cooper, uh, is just too much for the Falcons' defense to try to shut down. Um, we do got to kind of factor in that the defense might be down, Miles Garrett. Um, after the car accident and the injury, which he got released from the hospital, he seems to be okay. Um, we don't know if he's going to play this week. Uh, but still, I think the Browns have enough offensive weapons to kind of make up for Miles Garrett missing on the other side uh, because truly he hasn't been putting up some crazy numbers this year anyways. Um, I think the Browns win. I uh, I actually have the Falcons in this one. Um, last week, they finally started to get Pitts involved. Um, London still looked good. Mariota looks good. Uh, Mariota's got that rushing ability still, um, so that just adds a whole other dynamic. I mean, you have Cordell Patterson, who's still looking good this year. Um, I, I think it's gonna. I, I think it's actually gonna be a good game. Um, the Falcons' offense have just has looked really good, um, and now that they're finally getting Pitts involved um, and figuring out how to get him into the scheme. I think that just makes them even better. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, and I said that, you know, I've said that a couple of times in the last couple of weeks uh, and just different conversations and stuff. And that once Pitts gets involved, the Falcons offense can really take the next step forward. And they did. They got the win. Uh, I just, I'm, I, I'm not sure if they can, if they repeat it this week, I'll start buying into the Falcons. I will. But. All right. Next, we have the Chargers at the Texans. I think we know where this is going to go, but who you got? Obviously, I'm going to pick the team just close to home, and I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, Herbert, uh, another week healed with the ribs. Uh, you could see that he was kind of iffy seal. It looked every time he had, it looked like it hurt every time he had to kind of sit up and get up and everything. Um, he's got another week of healing. Um, barring a setback um, this week. And so uh, I don't have a lot of faith in the Texans anymore. I thought Davis Mills looked solid in week one. I, I, I thought the team in general looked okay, like they were trending in the right direction. Uh, then they let a sloppy Broncos team get away in week two. Uh, and then in, 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 I, I don't even want to talk about what I saw on TV in week three. Um, and so – I think I think the Chargers Chargers take care of business, and I saw that Keenan Allen might might have start practicing or something this week. So yes, Keenan Allen is supposed to be back. Yeah, so Keenan's going to be back. I like I like Herbert and Keenan Allen; they're a good combo. I think the Chargers are going to take care of business. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I don't have anything to add to that. You said it all. Next, we got Jags at Eagles. <clears throat> you touched on it earlier. Trevor Lawrence has looked exceptional through three weeks so far. Um, this is going to be his first true test. Um, I, I think the former number one pick stumbles again, kind of regresses back to the way he looked last year, uh, which was not very good. Um, and I think the Eagles win. The Eagles just – they look like a tough team to beat, and I don't see a surprise upstart team like the Jaguars being the team to stop them at this point. Um, so I, I think the Eagles win. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. The Eagles just have it all together right now, and they're just flowing. So next we have the Jets at the Steelers. Who you got? There's a possibility Zach Wilson returns this week. I know it's trending in the right direction for that to happen. Um, Not entirely sure uh, what what that looks like yet. Um, Whether that's true or we get another week of Joe Flacco, um, you, you, you would have to think that maybe Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, like, return to form. This week, um, whether it's it's young Wilson or, or the aging vet Flacco, um, I just and and I I have a really good friend that's going to be listening to this, and and he's a big Steelers fan, and I I just I hate to say it, I'm sorry, but the Steelers have looked just not like the Steelers, not at all, and I think the seat starts getting a little warm. Uh, for Mike Tomlin, and my friend touched on this in his own podcast. Uh, shout out Dennis Lay and the Delay of Game prod, uh, podcast. But uh, I think Tomlin's seat's got to start getting warm, and I, I think the Jets win. I think this is where it starts getting warm, and the Jets win. All right. Well, I, uh, I actually uh, have the Steelers. Um, you know, Najee is it's still producing. It's not what he used to, it's not what he we're used to in producing, you know, the last couple, you know, last season. Um, but I mean, he's, he's still there. He's still a threat. He always will be a threat. Um, but I think it all still falls on Mitchell Trubisky. Um, and, um, I've done a lot of readings and things, uh, at some reports and, uh, there's some reports out there that are saying that if at halftime, if the Steelers are really struggling, um, that we could see a switch to Pickett this week um, at halftime. Um, Which, and I'm a big fan of Kenny Pickett, so I would like to see that happen. I so, uh, I, you know, and I think if that's, I think if that's the case, um, you know, Pickett's a better distributor of the ball. Um, and so he hasn't had any NFL time yet, obviously. Um, but what's a better team to start him out against than the Jets? Yeah, the, the defense uh, has made a lot of mistakes for the Jets, uh, which is kind of crazy when you think about their head coach, Robert Sala, being a defensive guru uh, and all the things he did with the Niners before coming over. Uh, and, and like you said, if if it does go to Pickett, like I think it's a great opportunity for him. Um, but as long as Mitchell Trubisky, it, the Mitch Trubisky thing fall, falls back to the Derek Carr thing. He's just not a winner. He's going to put up some numbers. He's going to for the most part, looked like he could be an average, you know, quarterback. And that's why everybody was jumping all over him coming out of uh, North Carolina and stuff was, wow, he looks great. He looks, he's putting up these numbers and he's just not, he's not a winner. He's not a winner. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't believe in the Steelers. 
them. All right, next we got Seahawks at Lions. Who you got? <clears throat> don't don't have a lot to say here. Um, after week their week one win, which is just so much more embarrassing for for my Broncos, uh, the Seahawks have just been unable unable to put it together. Um, Goff had a kind of off week. It wasn't what he kind of put up the first two weeks, uh, but I think. Um, I think that the Lions get it back together this week. Uh, they become they they win. They go. They're sitting at two and two at the end of this week, so they're gonna win. Yep, yep. I agree. I have the Lions as well. Um, I think their offense looks good. Um, next, we have the Titans at the Colts. Who you got? Um, the Colts. Uh, they're coming off a pretty impressive win over the Chiefs. Um, Matt, Matt Ryan took a little bit of a step forward. Um, I think he needs to keep taking those steps forward for this team to be able to compete. Uh, I still think the South is wide open, uh, for them. Uh, it's, it's early. I think there's still a chance for Indianapolis to get going there. Um, Jonathan Taylor struggled again, uh, but that's going to happen when he's expected to do everything for the offense. So Matt Ryan needs to take another step forward, uh, the Titans are not that good defensively. Um, and so I'm not expecting a whole lot out of them defensively. Uh, this is another opportunity for Matt Ryan to, to move in the right direction. And I think he does. I think he takes a small step in the right direction. The Colts win. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think just after taking down the mighty chiefs, um, they're going to carry that momentum with them. So I agree. Next you have the Cardinals at the Panthers who you got. Uh, kind of, uh, this is good for you. This is going to be a fun game for you to watch. Uh, if you get to watch it, it's two former OU QBs kind of battling it out. Uh, yep. I know you'll enjoy that with them on opposite sides of the ball there. Um, I think Kyler Murray beats Baker. I think it's I think it's Kyler Murray over Baker Mayfield this week. And uh, the, I just think the Cardinals are a better constructed team. Not much better constructed but they are better constructed than the panthers uh, and so i think the cardinals win i uh, i actually have the panthers um and i know that sounds crazy um but they just beat a good saints defense um and the cardinals offense jicks they look out of sorts they don't look together they don't look like they know what they're doing out there on that football field yeah and so, that's gonna happen when you lose a guy like uh d hop to a stupid ped suspension um which I still don't necessarily agree with his because everything I've read says that it was like a accidental thing that he got through eating like contaminated meat or something stupid like that. So, but yeah, it's going to happen. And, but I think Kyler Murray kind of buckles up this week and, and, and takes over. Yeah. He's going to, he's going to have to, but uh, next we have the Broncos at the Raiders. I have to ride with my team. Uh, the Raiders are 0-3. Uh, unfortunately, though the records aren't too different, I mean, unfortunately, since the records are different, uh, the Broncos don't look a lot better. Um, but I have to trust that Russ is eventually going to take over and, and we're going to have the let Russ cook game. Um, and I'm hoping it's this one. Uh, so uh, shout out Broncos country. Uh, let's ride, you know. So I uh... – 
two two teams that should potentially be three and zero, and one's two and one, and one's zero and three. Um, but I'm gonna choose the zero and three team in the Raiders. The Broncos' offense just does not look good. I've given them three weeks; they haven't fixed anything, and the Raiders have too many offensive weapons just to be zero and three. And I feel like that's about to change because if they don't change now. They're going to be out of the playoff picture faster than we thought they would. Oh, for sure. So I'm, I'm rolling with the Raiders this week. Next, we have the Patriots at the Packers. Who you got? Unfortunately for the Patriots, they're going to be down Mac Jones for uh, quite a while. Um, rumors are uh, that the potential starting quarterback this week is going to be uh, rookie fourth rounder, uh, Bailey Zappi. Um, so there's not really much of a choice to go here um, other than it's Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Um, it's because it's not going to be much drop off of what we're expecting uh, or what we've been getting from the Patriots. Mac Jones hasn't looked great. He's, he's regressed quite a bit from uh, last year. Uh, the rest of the offense around him uh, has looked very anemic Um and so uh, it, it's going to be hard to pick them from week to week. Uh, so I, I think it's Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Yeah, I agree with you. With uh, with Mac Jones being out, um, and the pa- and the Packers defense just looks really good. Um, yeah, that, I think this is just going to be a blowout for sure. Next, we right. have the Chiefs. I'm, I'm going to throw what? in a fun little tidbit before we jump into that one. I found out the craziest thing this week, and I know it's all over the internet and stuff. Brian Hoyer's first name is Axel. I don't know why that's so funny to me, but it is. Like, why Axel do you go by Brian? Hoyer. Yeah, why do you go by Brian? Go by Axel. Yeah. Axel yeah, Hoyer's a dope name. first name. <laughs> All right, we can go on. I, I don't know. I just thought that was a fun little thing to insert there. <laughs> Axel Hoyer. Axel Hoyer. All right, so we got the Chiefs at the Bucks. Who you got? <clears throat> I'm going to go. Mahomes over Brady. Brady hasn't looked good. He's regressed. His age is finally showing. Um, so Mahomes over Brady. Uh, and that's really all I got to say about the Sunday night matchup. Chiefs win. All right. I have the Bucks. Their defense still looks good. Um, and Brady is getting his offensive weapons back. Evans will be back. Julio with, was healthy enough to play last week. But the team decided to hold him out um, one more week just to give him a little bit more uh, – Rest time, heal time, and then Gage stepped up last week, um, and now he'll move into the slot position, which is where he thrives. Um, and then you put all of that together, and the box opens back up for Leonard Fournette. I, I got to yeah. go with the Bucks this week. Yeah, uh, I will give you the shout-out uh, for the calling that Russell Gage was going to have a pretty solid week this week. So shout-out for that from, from, uh, from episode one. So good job, Brian. Um, I just until the whole offense is back and I see something different because even when the weapons were there, Brady didn't look great. He didn't look like Tom Brady, um, and so I have a hard time picking him over over Patrick Mahomes. Um, this was the the Colts game was the first bump in the road for them, and and I and Patrick Mahomes tends to answer back pretty solidly after little bumps in the road. You don't see him put a lot of bad performances back to back to back. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, that's why I'm taking, that's why I took the Chiefs. 
All right. That'll be a, that'll definitely be a good game to watch for sure. It will be for sure. Yeah. And last but not least, we have the Rams at the 49ers. Who you got? Oh, Monday night. I uh, love Monday night football. Um, this week, uh, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be fun to see how uh, Jimmy Garoppolo kind of handles the ghost of Dan Orlovsky. Uh, we kind of referenced it earlier that, you know, running out of the back of the end zone, um, Rams have a defense uh, that is on par with the Broncos defense uh, in terms of, of pass rushing and creating pressure. Um, I think the Rams win pretty big here um, just because the Niners, uh, even after transitioning back to Jimmy G with the Trey Lance injury, they're having a hard time getting their weapons to kind of put performances together. And so I, I think it's a Matt Stafford and the Rams defense kind of show out here. Rams win. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, the 49ers defense is strong, but their offense is, like you said, their offense is lacking. Um, so I got to go with the Rams as well. And so that wraps up our week four predictions. So let's move on to our week four fantasy outlook. Just some things to pay attention to. Uh, Dalvin Cook has a sublect shoulder, meaning it pops in and out of place. Um, and he is day to day. Um, reports are saying that he's probably going to miss at least one week. Uh, DeAndre Swift is dealing with the shoulder and ankle problems, nothing long-term, but head coach Dan Campbell did say that Swift could benefit from taking the next two weeks off and returning to the field after the Lions' week six bye. So that's something to definitely pay attention to. Keenan Allen will return to practice this week after missing the last two games and should be on track to play week four. Amon Ross St. Brown had an encouraging test done on Monday for his ankle, but his status for Sunday's game is still up in the air, so keep your eye on him. Diggs should be good to go for the Bills game after leaving Sunday's game. Uh, it was reported that he left just due to some cramping and some, uh, some tiredness in his body. Um, Waddle is battling a growing issue. Um, it doesn't seem to be severe, uh, but with a short week, um, it's definitely something to monitor. Um, and since we're on the Dolphins, Tua is also something to watch. Like I said earlier, um, Mc, McDaniel said that Tua is not in concussion protocol. Um, but with a short week, you got to keep your eye on him um, and, see, and see what happens. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, if, if Tua's on the field, um, fantasy-wise, the rest of the weapons are going to follow. I mean, Tyreek had, a, had an off week, but that's just kind of the way he's always been throughout his fantasy career. Tyreek's been a up and down uh, peaks and valleys type guy where the peaks are stupid high and then the valleys are like questionable whether he's a wide receiver one or not. Um, but on top of, on, on the topic of wide receiver ones, uh, I'm going to give a fantasy shout out this week to uh, Garrett Wilson. He's got a nice matchup against a Steelers defense that is giving up the uh, sixth most fantasy points to wide receivers. Um, so expect a big performance from him, uh, no matter who lines up under center, uh, especially for him because if it is Flacco, he has looked like uh, kind of like that security blanket for the veteran uh, quarterback. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, if you're anything like me, uh, if you're looking at your fantasy team, you've, uh, you're kind of wondering where Austin Eckler is uh, as he's struggled uh, fantasy-wise. He, he, you know, going into the year, he was uh, ADP like – RB2 to RB4, somewhere in there. Uh, he's 14. He's RB14 right now. Uh, hasn't lived up to the top pick uh, potential where he's 
maybe jumped and, and reached for him early in the first or second rounds. Uh, <clears throat> that was me. Um, uh, this week, uh, I'm going to say kind of bet on that to change. Uh, he's facing a, a Texas defense that is uh, ranked 32nd against opposing fantasy running backs. So that's dead last in the league, meaning that they're giving up the most points to fantasy running backs. Um, so uh, a huge performance is due, uh, and I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen this week. Uh, another first-round pick type running back uh, with an ADP of – of like eight or nine, um, Javante Williams. Uh, he's thrown up back to back duds after a solid week one fantasy performance. Um, you know, like Eckler, he was he was highly touted coming into the year. Uh, he's facing the fifth worst fantasy run defense and a defense averaging uh, 12.3 receiving points to running backs um, on, on top of their inability to stop rushers. Uh, with with the Raiders, and so um, I see Javante Williams having to bounce back. Um, <clears throat> shout out a couple quarterbacks here. Uh, Geno Smith gets the 28th ranked defense against quarterbacks. Joe Burrow gets the 32nd. So expect uh, expect some solid performances from both of those guys. Uh, <clears throat> so Colton, if you're listening to this, uh, I did not screw you over in that trade intentionally. Joe Burrow is about to start showing out now. Uh, and the other guy in that trade that you got, uh, expect Alvin Kamara to have a, have a uh, throwback performance. Uh, he had the injury week two, been dealing with injuries the other two weeks. Uh, like we kind of touched on earlier, the Vikings defense has struggled stopping opposing offenses uh, in general, but especially against opposing running backs. Uh, they're ranked 27th in fantasy against opposing running backs, so definitely a favorable matchup for uh, Alvin Kamara. Um, you touched on the uh, DeAndre Swift injury, so uh, I'm going to throw out four guys uh, to kind of look at your waiver uh, your waiver wire um, uh, with with those injuries kind of piling up now uh, as we get to week four of the season. Uh, you shouted him out earlier, Khalil Herbert. And like I said, you talking about the DeAndre Swift uh, injury. Look at uh, another running back to look at is Jamal Williams. Um, and, and a third waiver wire running back here to look at is uh, Ramondre Stevenson of the Patriots. Mm. Um, those three guys um, have the ability to step up, uh, and they tend to uh, in, in terms of Jamal Williams. Uh, he has that big play, big pop ability where he's going to have big weeks. Uh, so – uh, he definitely has a chance to kind of pop off. Uh, Khalil Herbert did amazing stepping in for David Montgomery. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson showed out that he was he was solid uh, this week, finally put up some fantasy points. Uh, and then a receiver to kind of shout out uh, here is, is Packers rookie receiver, uh, Romeo Dobbs. Yes. Uh, yeah, with uh, Christian Watson out. Um, and, uh, and some of the other injuries that they're dealing with. Uh, Dobbs uh, stepped up big time this last week. Uh, and so I think he's going to keep it going. He's the first Packers receiver since like 2018 or something like that to catch a touchdown, a rookie receiver uh, to catch a, a touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that's not so, so yeah. So that's, that's kind of, that's a big thing for that offense when they finally find a guy that I guess Aaron Rodgers is going to, 
trust to throw the ball to. And so yeah. Uh, Dobbs yeah, is sure. that guy. So if, if there's a trusted target in Green Bay, they're going to put up fantasy points. Yes. And I think Dobbs is trusted. So. Yes. Yeah. And I want to, I want to shout out two other people or people to, to pay attention to. Um, one of those is Alexander Madison, um, Dalvin Cook's backup. Um, if Cook is out, uh, Madison is definitely going to step up and be that, uh, that number one in that offense. And I mean, you just see reports. Madison has that RB1 potential um, and he's a backup. Um, so you know that he's yes. going to, he's going to get out there and perform. But another guy, a not household name, people that don't really um, don't you don't really hear this name too often is Greg Dortch, wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. And week one, he had nine targets for seven receptions for sixty three yards. The yardage, you're, you're like, well, that's not a lot of yardage. Volume, nine targets, seven receptions. So then you look at week two. And week two, he had four targets for four receptions for a touchdown. Like, well, he only had four targets that week. Um, the volume really wasn't there. Well, okay. So what, let's look at week three. What did he do there? Well, week three, he had 10 targets for nine receptions for 80 yards. And I'm going to say it, and this is not my, uh, not my phrase that I came up with, um, but I heard it, so credit to whoever came up with it. But uh, it's time to light the Dorch torch. <laughs> it is time to light the Dorch torch. He like is that. he is becoming a potent pass catcher in that Cardinals offense who throw the ball a lot. I think I heard or saw something that that uh Kyler Murray dropped back almost 60 times last week. Yeah, yeah, here it is. He went 37 of 58. He dropped back 58 times last week against the Rams. That is a lot of pass plays. And I don't yes, see that is. stopping anytime soon. No, especially with, with guys like uh, James Conner struggling. Um, and that offensive line is, is uh, holding up really well. Um, and so, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I never heard that thing about Dorch. So that's, that's a, the Dorch torch. I like that. Uh, and, and if you're in a PPR league or even in a standard league, if you're looking at guys that are um, – that are getting the volume, like you said, the yards aren't crazy, but with with volume of targets does come the yards, and eventually you're gonna pop one off. The more you get your hands on the ball, you know the the the, the higher likely chance that you're going to 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 pop off a big play, you know, a, a long touchdown. So, uh, yeah, so I like that. Yeah, so nice yeah, sneaky sneaky one to throw in there at the end. I like that, absolutely. So that wraps up our uh, our NFL. Todd, you got anything to add real quick before we move on to golf? Um, barring, uh, you know, if something crazy happens with Alvin Ross St. Brown and all of a sudden he doesn't play this week, uh, like you said, it's trending in the right direction. It looks good. Uh, and, and Dan Campbell, is he's a good coach. He's going to be protective of his guys. So if for some reason he says that Alvin Ross is not going to play this week, uh, Look for maybe Josh Reynolds, uh, the former Texas A&M Aggie, Josh Reynolds, to uh, to kind of step up. He's had some, you know, a few weeks here and there over his career uh, between the Rams and the Lions, where he's um, kind of stepped up and and, and uh, you know seven, eight catches for over a hundred yards, where he's kind of had that big game. Um, so if Goff uh, Goff trusted him quite a bit in in uh, with the Rams, and so if it 
comes down to that, maybe look at Josh Reynolds possibly being a guy that he could trust and could be in a super deep league, could be a, a wide receiver three uh, or a flex type guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree there. Uh, definitely some, some big names to look out for. Um, some trending in the right direction, some not. Um, so if they're on your fantasy team, uh, make sure that you are keeping an eye on them throughout this week. Um, so let's move on. Good let's go to there, golf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Week four, uh, some of y'all are 0-3 looking for your first win. Some of you are 3-0 and looking to get upset this week. Um, so, yeah, definitely good luck. Um, yeah, so let's go on to golf. Um, let's talk about it. PGA versus LIV. Man, two different leagues. Um, I think it's good for the sport, to be honest. I think it is. You got two different leagues. I mean, if the PGA can stop being, in my opinion, can stop being stuck up, uh, we have more events for fans to enjoy. Um, more friendly competition, um, things like that. You can have a PGA versus LIV competition. Um, I feel like that would be awesome to watch. Um, but I think it's also drawn fans back into the sport. Um, I'm a big golfer. I love to golf, but I quit watching golf for a while. Uh, but when I started hearing about all this LIV new league starting up, it sucked me back in. I wanted to know what was going on. I wanted to know who was doing what, um, how much it would actually impact the competition. Um, but People are leaving the PGA Tour to make more money. And it's forced the PGA Tour to increase their tournament winnings um, and everything else under that that should have already been done. Um, there was nothing to compete with the PGA Tour. Um, they could just do whatever you whatever they wanted, and you either had to accept it or you didn't play. Um, you know, and talking about the money, um, LIV signs players to contracts. Uh, the PGA kind of has a merit-based system. Um, so just the name to two contracts, big, big names, Phil Mickelson, who has played in the PGA tour for a long time, has earned roughly $94 million on his PGA tour. Since he started the LIV gave him a $200 million contract. So that's double what he earned in the PGA tour. Dustin Johnson has earned roughly $75 million on the PGA tour. He signed a four year, $125 million contract for the LIV. The players face a less intensive schedule. They can win a larger paycheck if they win the tournaments. What are your thoughts? Uh, no, I, I think you're spot on with everything. Uh, the money is a big factor. Um, I think just like with every pro league, every you know top player should have that ability to go out and get paid what they think they deserve to be paid. Um, you know, you see it with these crazy super max deals in the NBA and in these uh, massive, you know, 10-year, $400 million contracts and stuff from in MLB and and uh, these NFL guys getting these uh, crazy, you know, fully guaranteed, you know, for these quarterbacks and stuff. And uh, these guys, they the golfers deserve the same thing, you know. They shouldn't be limited by some billion-dollar corporation, you know. They shouldn't be reduced down on what they should be able to win. They're, they're the top players in the world in their game, you know, just like top in their whatever profession is going to get recognized. They're going to get paid more. And, and those guys, uh, like the, the number you threw out for Mickelson, uh, for his career earnings, one of the greatest golfers of all time, you know, he's, he's a top golfer of all time. And, and to think that he's going to 
he's making, you know, double his career earnings, just jumping over to the LIV and, and uh, uh, DJ stepping in and making more than his career earnings, signing for four years, $125 million. That's, that's good. That is great for them. And I agree. Yeah. It's a good thing. And, and like you said, that the more competitions and, uh, lighter schedules in LIV, and so I think that could be where we see some of the older golfers transition over there to, to kind of ease up their schedule as they kind of reach the back end of their careers. Uh, you got to think that something like that, you know, kind of like I don't want to say like a retirement tour type thing, but a, a lighter schedule probably would help a guy like Tiger Woods. Um, now, in the back end of his storied career, you know, maybe he could have, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe things would have worked out a little differently where he's, yeah. you know, because you can see when he's trying to play back to back weeks and, 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 you know, maybe three or four weekends in a row and that he, he's, he's not tiger that we used to have. And so um, these kind of things uh, can, can come in handy. Um, like you said, it's a new league. And so that expands it. It's, it's a Saudi backed organization. And so it's, it's more parts of the world are being touched by this. Golf is a global thing. And, and now more markets are being unlocked, so it's going to be good for the game. Um, but also another thing that's going to happen is this tech-infused golf league that the aforementioned Tiger Woods and Rory uh, McIlroy are going to be doing. Um, it's forced the PGA to, to look at advancing some of their things. And, and so now they're yeah. going to get this tech-infused league, and which we don't completely know what that's going to look like yet, but it's taking the game of golf and advancing it um, in, in, in ways that should have already been happening. Uh, so I think it's, it's a great thing come 2024 when we see the tech infused golf league take off and, and live has been around for a year and, and everything. Um, well, we can, you know, we can kind of look back at this and see, like it was, I think we'll be able to look back and be like, wow, it really was a good thing to happen. You know, with everybody upset and everything, I think, we'll be able to look like look back and be like, wow, this was good for the sport. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. But something that I don't think is good for the sport is what happened with the President's Cup. Um, now, obviously, it's good the Americans beat the international team. That's good. That's not the bad part. The bad part are the people that couldn't play. You have the teams that are that, – you have the people that make the team, and then you have the captain who can draft other players um, to come play on the team but people that weren't even eligible for the draft. Cam Smith was banned because he joined LIV. Cam Smith is the number three ranked golfer in the world who would have been on the international team. Joaquin Neiman was banned from playing for the same reason. He is the number 21 ranked golfer in the world. Abraham Anser, the number 24 ranked golfer in the world. And Luis Othusain, I hope I did not mispronounce that, but I probably uh, did. Louis Oosthuizen? <laughs> yeah, that guy. I'm so glad that you can correct me. Is the number 34 ranked golfer in the world. That's four, that's four top 50 golfers that could not play on the international team because they joined LIV. So let's move over to the American side. Dustin Johnson couldn't play because he joined LIV, the number 23 ranked golfer in the world. Bryson DeChambeau, for the same reason. Number 46 ranked golfer in the world. Brooks Kepka for the same reason. Number 29th ranked golfer in the world. I mean, how did those snubs impact the President's Cup? I mean, you're talking about the international team who was missing four top guys in the world. Not on the team. You see, and I, I, 
barring those four guys, I think it actually worked out really well um, for them because they didn't have to face the other three guys on the on the American team. Um, the the whole snubbing part though is I I don't like it. Uh, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, I think PGA just needs to to accept what it is, and and this could be something that the President Cup transforms into the PGA versus LIV, whatever in the future, but snubbing these guys um, just because the PGA was upset that they aren't playing with them anymore, which was the PGA's decision to kick these guys off the tour. There was nothing in them going to the LIV that said, hey, you have to sit out. You can't play uh, PGA anymore until the PGA stepped in and said that. Um, I don't I don't like the snubs. They, they, they hurt the teams uh, for sure. Uh, but I think it kind of allowed some of these um, – the young guys for both teams to kind of get out and become household names. Um, like I said, it hurt the international not having those four guys, but it allowed somebody that might not have made the cut originally uh, in, in Tom Kim. Uh, he showed out brilliantly in the President's Cup. Uh, the guy from South Korea, uh, he, he was just – he was solid. Uh, so we might not have seen him uh, – and who knows, he might have been ended up in a pairing with, with Kepka and DeChambeau or something on the U.S. side. And we might not be saying the same thing about Kim at, the, at this point. You know, we might be saying, oh, that was embarrassing, whatever. Uh, yeah. He showed out uh, on the same thing. Uh, Max Homa, uh, he, he kind of – he showed out uh, for the U.S. on their side. He's one of those guys that might or might not have made the team uh, if those other three had been playing, uh, because honestly, if you're looking at Homer or Kepka, uh, you're gonna you're gonna take Kepka. If you're looking at at, at Homer or DeChambeau, you're gonna take you're gonna take DeChambeau. And, and, you know, same thing with DJ. You're gonna take DJ over Homer. And so, um, Homer, Homer, like I said, he showed out. He nailed uh, two clutch twelve foot putts on hole seventeen and eighteen uh, of his Friday round. Um, that might not have gotten to happen uh, if, if the other guys had been playing. Um, I didn't like the snubs, but it allowed some tremendous opportunities for some other guys uh, to, to happen. Um, and so I, I think it worked out in some ways. Uh, I, I think it failed in other parts because PGA is just being upset. They got their panties in a twist. And they just need to grow up and get over it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, I see. Uh, I see the PGA Tour right now as Shooter McGavin and the LIV as Happy Gilmore right now. That's just. Uh, that's just what I picture. Um, and so I, I think we'll see how it plays out over the next year. Um, I definitely think it could bring some great game, some great things to the game of golf. Um, some things that needed to happen um, to advance the game of golf and to bring more viewers um, and viewers that quit watching, like myself, back into the game um, and be interested in it, in it again. So, I agree. So, well, before we wrap up, do you have anything else to add, sir? Uh, I, I do not. Um, other than, you know, like we were talking about earlier, it's another, another great slate of, of uh, NFL matchups. Um, so it'll be another great weekend of football. Um, some big college games this week. Um, so that'll be fun to watch. 
uh, baseball is, is winding down. Uh, we're, we're looking at teams starting to secure their playoff spots, kind of getting what the playoffs is going to look like. Um, it was great seeing Albert Pujols hit 700. Absolutely. Uh, even though I unfortunately missed it on TV because I was driving, um, being able to go back and watch that replay and see a legend of our time. Because uh, honestly, I don't know if we'll ever get that opportunity to see somebody hit the 700 home run mark ever again um, in, in terms of baseball and stuff. And so it was great seeing that happen. Um, shout out Albert Pujols. He, he, you know, he, he's been a thorn in the Dodgers side. Uh, he, he was a thorn in your Rangers side when he was playing for the Angels. Um, but it's great seeing those great things happen. Uh, and so, like I said, a pillar of our childhood in terms of baseball, reaching yep. a milestone like that, that was great. Um, and NBA is to start kicking up. So uh, uh, the sports world is getting hot. Oh, World, world Cup's around the corner. Um, and so. Yeah, we're going to talk uh, about this, that next week. Oh, yes. We, yes, we are. We got a lot of things we want to say. Uh, and I'm glad that we decided to kind of hold off on that for next week so we can kind of uh, uh, control our tub. Um, so, um, but uh, like I said, so there's a lot of sports going on this weekend. Uh, a lot of great things happening. A lot of great things fixing to happen. So uh, I'm excited to kind of see where that all goes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that wraps things up for us here at Scrub Nation Podcast. Um, we're glad that you all listened. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at ToddFather97 and at 12Sharpshooter. Um, you want to give us uh, – send us a DM. Uh, maybe you want to give us your own predictions. You know, whatever it is, feel free. Uh, we'd be glad to, to talk to some of our listeners. Um, yeah, appreciate we'll you take, guys. We'll take suggestions. We'll take comments, concerns. Uh, if you got questions – uh, that you want us to ask on the air and maybe answer, we we can do that too. So yeah, go ahead, follow us, shoot us, shoot us a DM. You know, uh, we're we're both pretty easygoing guys, so we'll we'll answer the questions. Uh, we won't ignore you. Uh, we won't tell you that you're you're stupid and your team sucks or none of that. So uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but all right. Thank you again and. Uh... See you next time. See ya. Not like a fraud, and you know I'm not a crime, so you know I got a rhyme like a nick with the slime, but I'm gonna make a big time in a rush, not take it slow. Three, two, one, it's time to go. Blasting off like Rocket Man in a space, now this my jam.